Welcome back to the Revelation Power Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Hopkins, and this is episode 200 in the podcast history. So it's an exciting time. It really is Thanksgiving Day, 2023. And I've had a great time today with family and eating a whole bunch of food that I probably didn't need, but it was all scrumptious. My family put on the feast and we got to see people that we don't get to see all year long. So it's been a really good day. But we on the podcast continue our journey in the book of Romans. And we are in Romans chapter 7. So Romans chapter 7 started with this is how life is in the realm of of righteousness, in the realm of grace, versus when you lived in the realm of sin, in the kingdom of, under the rule of. So when you used to live under the rule of sin, that was your life. Now you don't live under the rule of sin, you live under the rule of righteousness, under the rule of grace. Now, don't lose track of that distinction in the rest of chapter 7, or you'll get lost here. People take the the latter part of Romans chapter 7, and they quote it out of context, and they proof text it to say things that the Bible does not say. So I'll try and make it clear to you what Paul's saying and when he shifts gears and how he shifts gears so that you don't get lost in it. And whenever you hear someone misquoting Romans chapter 7 from now on, you can just say in your mind or to their face, uh, that's not what it says. So let's start Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Romans 7, 7. So what shall we say? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you should not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, second time he said that, for sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment, put me to death. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Okay, he's, he's narrowing it down here. Was, this, was the law sin? Nope, the law is righteous and good. It simply let you know what, what was sin. And being a human being, you wanted to test those boundaries. And so you started to test them, and then you started to exploit them, and then you started to ignore them. Because sin lived in you before there was a commandment. The commandment defined it and woke it up and sin began to bring the fruit of death in your life, began to kill you. 
begin to move you towards death because sin only has power over you until you die, remember? And so it pushes you in that direction until it kills you. Then its power over you is is over, but it doesn't matter anymore because it's what killed you. Verse 13, did that which was good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death. Boy, that's important. In order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. How does sin work in your life and mine? It uses our own good against us. It uses our own good against us. There's a scene in the movie, The Green Mile, where there's an African-American man who's accused of murder and and from the first moment that you meet him in the movie, you think, that guy doesn't act like a murderer. And it turns out that he is empathic, even clairvoyant. He, he can tell what's happening in people's lives without having been there. He's accused of murdering these two little girls, two little sisters. And he... He figures out that that they're in danger. He goes to help them, but he's too late. And the person who killed them got them to be quiet. He got one to be quiet while he kidnapped and murdered the other because he threatened to harm the sister that he was kidnapping. And so her sister, who loved her, didn't want her to be harmed and so stayed quiet while he murdered them both. And, and the actor who portrays the black man wrongfully accused cries out and says, he used their love against them. He used their love against them. That's exactly what Paul is saying here. Sin will use what is good against you. Sin will, will controvert. It will pervert. It will taint what's good in your life, just enough to use it against you so that love becomes lust, so that generosity becomes coveting, so that mercy becomes overindulgence. Codependency even, you see. So, If you take any attribute of God, any fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, and self-control, take any of those and twist them. They become something else. And that's what sin does. It takes what's good and it twists it until it is working bad in your life. It is bringing death to your life. So that through the commandments, by controverting what is really good, sin becomes utterly sinful. It's not just wrong, 
it is so wrong that it will turn the light to darkness. See? Now, we know that the law is spiritual. But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin in my native state. This is not in my redeemed state. Be careful. We know that the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do. What I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. Right? The law is good. I just can't do it. I just can't live up to that standard. But I agree it's good. As it is, it is no longer than I myself who do the wrong, but sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. Boom! There it is. In verse 18, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. When I'm living in the realm of sin, back to verse 5, when I'm living in the realm of sin, good doesn't dwell in me because I'm in this double-minded state. I want to do what's right and I can't. And the very things I don't want to do, I end up doing because sin has twisted everything good in me to do wrong. But that's not my redeemed state. That's not how Christians live. That's how I lived in my sinful nature. Verse 18, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do. And that... I do continually. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it's no longer I who do it. It's sin living in me because it's not what I want to do. It's sin living in me that does it. If that's the state of my life, I am living in the realm, in the kingdom, under the control of sin because it has me doing the very things I don't want to do. My life in that state testifies that sin rules over me. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am when I'm in that state. Who will rescue me from this body of death? The body of death was a sentence where if you were convicted of murdering someone and they didn't know if you murdered them or not, they would take the corpse and they would tie it to you, nose to nose, arm to arm, leg to leg, hip to hip, feet to feet. They would lash it to you and you would be forced to carry that dead body around as it decayed. And the rot in that dead body would infest your living body with disease and rottenness and gangrene and you would die judged by the body of death the death in that body would overtake yours and you would die with it 
and they would say, well, there's your sentence. There's your verdict. He must have been guilty because the body of death killed the living. Paul says, that's what happens every time. That's exactly what sin does. Sin lashes death to me and threatens that the infestation of death will overwhelm me. Who will save me from this state? Verse 25, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the outcome Paul is trying to preach here. Don't proof text this. Don't take it apart one verse at a time and try to have each verse stand as holy truth outside the context. Who will rescue me from the body of death? Thanks be to God who delivers me, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my carnal mind, am a slave to God. I'm sorry. I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law. But when I lived in the sinful nature, I was a slave to the law of sin. So then I myself, in my regenerated mind, am a slave to God's law. But when I lived in my sinful nature, which way up in verse 5, he says, we don't anymore. We have left the realm of death and entered into the realm of life. When I lived in that sinful nature, I was a slave to the law of sin. He goes back and forth here trying to prove his point. And when you read it in English, it gets really confusing. And it sounds like Paul is contradicting himself continually. But he's not. He's saying, look, this is the way it was when I was in sin. This is the way it is now when I'm in grace. In sin, I did the very things I didn't want to do. Was that because the law was bad? And see, what he's after here is those who say, the Old Testament, that law was bad. It was evil. And the new system of grace, that's that's glorious. That's righteousness. That's good. And it's that dichotomy, that dualism, that my flesh is bad, my spirit is good, that you still hear in the church today. That's what Paul is after. He says, no, the law isn't bad. The Old Testament isn't bad. It was good. God gave it to us to extend our lives until a Messiah could come. He gave it to us to set boundaries for us so that we could live righteous and acceptable lives until there was grace and redemption through the Messiah, through Christ. But sin seized that opportunity and said to us, you can't do that. And began then to show us that we couldn't do that and took us captive, enslaved us, tied death to us, nose to nose, hip to hip, ankle to ankle and began to consume us in that death. Sin did that. The law only made it clear that it was sin that was doing it. See, the law only drew the distinction. It was sin in us that began to eat us. Who will save me from that double-minded sinful condition? Thanks be to God who delivers us through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's who God saves us from that sin. Now, I've got friends who believe that 
we can be so saved from that sin that we never go back to it again. And I say, praise the Lord. I have other friends who believe that that sin will tempt us every day for the rest of our lives. And and what sin tempts us will change as the seasons of our lives change. But God gives us the power to overcome it. And I say, praise the Lord. As long as your theology understands, Romans 6 and 7, that God gives us the power to overcome sin, gives you the power to walk through Walmart every day and steal nothing. And if you can do that, if you can resist that temptation, because you can watch the news and see there's a whole bunch of people in our culture who don't. I've still never been so oppressed that something in me said, I need to go steal a big screen TV. But apparently some people are because that's the nature of the sin corrupting in them what is good and causing death to rule in them. If I walk through Walmart and I steal nothing, I testify that death does not have to rule. It doesn't get to rule. It doesn't rule here. It doesn't rule in Walmart. It won't rule over at Harbor Freight. It won't rule at Costco. It won't rule at the grocery store. I will walk through this day and I will steal nothing and I will covet nothing and I will commit adultery with no one and I will murder no one and I will live a righteous life by the grace of God in me because grace gives me that power. It's not my own. Left to myself, I'd fall right back into that deathliness. But I found a new resource. I found a new standard. I found a new freedom to walk free. My encouragement to you today, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Go live in that grace.